Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome to my first broadcast of Best of Health, brought to you by Ask the PA, your host, Barb Regis. We are going to bring together patients, families, and great providers with a passion for advocacy and providing the best care around. Today, we are recognizing November, which is Diabetes Awareness Month. Did you know that over 1.5 million Americans are diagnosed yearly with over 84 million Americans consider pre-diabetic? Over $245 billion are spent yearly treating both types 1 and 2 diabetes and the complications associated with it. 90% of the people out there aren't even aware that they're pre-diabetic. Today, I am thrilled to introduce my first guest of Best of Health. I'm thrilled I've known Taryn Lauer for over seven years and her husband, Gene. And today, I had the thrill of meeting her son, Ryder Lauer. He is the youth ambassador for the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, and Taryn Lauer is his mom, who's a lead mentor for Type 1 Diabetes Connections Program with JDRF. Welcome, you guys. And hey, you know, Ryder, I want to hear about you, and just tell me about Ryder. Hi. So um, I'm Ryder. Um, I love to play football. That's my main sport that I play all the time. I go to school. I'm in fifth grade. I am 11 years old. So tell um, me about, tell me, what's your football team called? My football team is called The Storm, Chandler then, Storm. Oh, awesome. And then also, what school is it that you go to? Um, CTA Independence. That's great. How about your mom? Let's hear a little bit about Taryn. <laughs> Hi there. Um, <clears throat> so I'm Taryn, and... Um, I have Ryder, of course, and he's 11. Then we have Skylar, who is 12, seventh grade over at Bogle. And um, I used to be a hairstylist for a long time, about 15 years, but stopped working. And kind of coincidentally, soon after I quit, for sure, kind of a weird sign, Ryder got diagnosed with type 1. So... It's so life-changing, as all of us T1D moms talk about and know, that your life completely changes. It changes your family, changes everything. So my focus was being home and figuring this out with him and all of us together and moving forward. So how many years ago was Ryder diagnosed? It's been three years. He was diagnosed. It's kind of strange because even in the hospital... They said it's very odd how a lot of kids are diagnosed around their birthday. Ryder turned eight on September 22nd, and he was diagnosed on September 26th at the age of, I'm sorry, yes, at eight. So I think they said it because parents pay more attention to their children around their birthday. I I know that sounds crazy, but that's what the endos and doctors were saying in the hospital and the ICU. I think you're more aware. You're just planning things for them, doing things. And possibly that's what happened with us. I don't know. Very strange. But so can you tell us the story of what led up to writer's diagnosis? Yes. So that summer, things started going strangely. Even in uh, June and July, you know, it's hot outside. He's playing flag football. 
at the time. He plays tackle now. But we were confused and things were changing with him drastically. He would go to the couch and lay down and not get up. He was drinking an ungodly amount of water. We, we start school so early because it's only a seven-week summer. So he went back to school end of July. And um, he said, Mom, I filled up my water jug like five times today. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God, no kid, especially <laughs> no boy of that age that I know does that. So extreme thirst, extreme hunger. He would shake at times. And then this one particular time he had um, what I thought were bug bites all over his body. But turns out with an autoimmune disease of this nature, you can have hives. Right. And that's a sign. I did not know that. I thought we need the exterminator. That's what right. I was thinking. Bed bugs or something like that I going mean, on. Yeah. Like, or something. <laughs> something crazy. Right. So all these symptoms, we were having some nighttime issues and moody and just, oh my gosh, he was really hard to even talk to at times or he wouldn't even respond. So right, so right at age eight, did you... Did you have a sense that something was wrong with you? I definitely had a sense. For example, one day when I came home from school, I started working on my homework and I looked at my homework and I couldn't read my homework. Wow. I couldn't see it and I just couldn't do my homework and I didn't know what that was. Now that I have now that I know that I have type 1 diabetes, I know that's called a low blood sugar mm-hmm. and I also randomly throughout the day or even during the, the night, I couldn't feel my legs. Or I couldn't really walk very much and I would start to get really dizzy and have headaches and stomach aches. That's all low blood sugar too. Also, when I was playing flag football, one game I had, I had a double header, two games in a row. And um, by the second game, by halftime, I came over and I went to my mom um, on the sidelines and I told her, I don't feel good. I can't really walk. I can't really run. I can't do anything. I, f- I feel horrible. I got a bad headache. There's something wrong. And mom, this was actually a funny story. She was, <laughs> I'm ready for it, writer. Let's go for it. <laughs> she was actually um, irritated. We yes, we didn't know at the time. So she was I actually Taryn, you're forgiven. yelling at me to get back out onto the field and get up out because I was sitting in her chair on the sidelines and she was yelling at me, get, get out of the chair, go back onto that field. <laughs> and I was just it's sitting the there truth. drinking the Gatorade and I'm just like, Sadly. I can't do it. Right. <laughs> but yes. So, so that night, did you guys end up going to an uh, urgent no, care? No, Barb. It, unfortunately, the story gets worse. <laughs> okay. Do you want to take her from here? <laughs> After that game, we still didn't know. I okay. was still Googling kind of like, mm-hmm. ah, what's going on with Savannah? Jean, as you know, God love him, thought I was crazy. Her husband. Okay. My husband thought I was crazy. And every time I Googled type 1 diabetes, and that was the only, this is so weird too. That was the only thing I thought was wrong with him. I, I never. So you had a second sense. I, yes, I did. I, I never looked up anything okay. else. You know, what are the symptoms of type 1 diabetes? Okay. For some reason, I thought, oh my God, are you kidding me right now? So I kept saying to Gene, you're crazy, you're crazy. No, we carried on. I mean, that that was weeks and weeks before. Okay. And then um, my mom came in town for his birthday, and we'd taken pictures of him. And I remember looking back at that picture. Now, 
let's have a little perspective here because Ryder weighs about 92 pounds. He's 11. He's about 5'1". At the time, at eight years old, he, when we went into the hospital, he weighed 42 pounds. Wow. And he was still tall. He's, he's always been tall. So big difference. I mean, think of gaining that 42 to 92 pounds in three years. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. So I remember looking at the picture after his birthday, sunken eyes, very hollow. And that was another sign for me too. His rib or, um, you know, the bones in the back, your shoulder blade. His scapula and his clavicle. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Sure. You're just testing me right now. I know it. I just know I'm it. Like, just because I haven't seen it. you for a while. That's yes. what's going on right now. Oh, so shoot, I hope he, it they were protruding in his back. Right. I mean, his bones were just protruding yeah. and he was so skinny. Yes, also, sir. whenever I went swimming or something, I was kind of embarrassed to take off my shirt because I was so skinny. Like you could see all of my bones popping out and my veins and stuff. And my ribs were like almost looked like they were popping out of my body. Yeah. So that was not fun. I, and, yeah. yeah. And and that's a hard thing because a lot of times when you're with someone all the time, you don't notice the changes as much. And then exactly. sometimes other people may, may not have seen you for a few months and said, wow, something's going on here. Yes. And so, you know, the take home message is that, you know, the body is an amazing thing. But as you mentioned early, you know, this is an autoimmune process where the body reacted upon itself. And for some reason, it decided to, you know, play havoc with your pancreas. And one thing led to another. It was a cascade of events. But the cool thing is, is that you guys realized it and that you got the help that you got when you did. Right. And so this isn't the first time that you hear, you know, that the picture wasn't put together for a while. Sometimes it takes a while to put the picture together. And even if you go to a healthcare provider, you may present with that unless they're like looking specifically, you know, and and may I ask, do you have family history? It is not, you know, 100%. N- right. proven that it's hereditary. Exactly. The only history we have is a little too far out from what they were telling us in the hospital that um, my my mother-in-law, so Ryder's gr- grandmother, his paternal, yes, paternal grandmother, right, brother, had type 1. Had type 1. Okay. Yeah. But they, they told us that that really was a far connection. It wasn't any kind of connection. There's no reason why they thought he got it. I think still it's unknown. Oh, it is. And it's not hereditary. And it just, it happens. It just right. happens. And I think what we're learning too is there's more chronic inflammation in the body. There's so many different triggering events. And sometimes what will happen is, is that you may have a virus. Mm-hmm. And then after a virus, what can happen is that the body can get attacked and it can affect the heart. People go into heart failure sometimes. Right. It can affect the pancreas, it can affect the liver. And so in my career, I've diagnosed younger people with like autoimmune disorders, uh, you know, autoimmune hepatitis. I've had a couple of di- diabetic cases over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's one of those things where it's just like, you just don't know. And that's the frustration, the practice of medicine. That's what I tell people. It's a practice. We just don't know. Yeah. But the good thing is, is that, you know, by us having this conversation right now and being really you know, truthful to it and talking about it, there may be someone out there right now listening that may have somebody with similar symptoms and say, you know, man, I'm going to go see my healthcare provider and mm-hmm. get it checked out. And, mm-hmm. and why not? Right? Yeah. So, so you guys got diagnosed. Did you end up in the emergency room or did you end up at the hospital? So when I called that day after he had blurry vision, that put me over the edge. Then I knew. Mm-hmm. And Unfortunately, they let us go through the night, which was a big mistake on yeah. their part. But, you know, things happen. I understand. We went to the pediatrician the next morning, tested his blood sugar right away, 
off the charts, well above 600. He was diagnosed and then we went straight to the ER, but we were put in ICU. He was in DKA, diabetic ketoacidosis. We should have been there a whole week, but knowing my personality, Barb, knowing me, after I learned everything and figured it out, I mean, by five, day five, I couldn't take it anymore in there. I, I couldn't. I mean, PCH was amazing and they mm-hmm. treated us so well, but they gave me a book <laughs> that was super thick with small print and basically learned this, you know, you're already out of your mind thinking our whole lives have changed and it's just hard. And oh, yeah. I needed to be in my comfort zone. And mm-hmm. by that time, Ryder was fine. We knew how to take care of him. He was feeling better. He was eating. We were dosing correctly. We we knew what to do, but we needed to go home. So we we left about day five. Remember, which right? which I think is is great. You know, you're comfortable. You you recover better in your own home, your own environment. There's a lot of studies that show that. And sometimes the best thing is to get home. And how did it feel when you finally got out of the hospital and you got home? It actually felt really good because I finally got to get uh, lay on the couch, see my sister and my dad. But it was also kind of sad because they, my sister and my dad, they felt really bad for me. And I didn't really want them to feel like that because I understand it's a horrible disease. But I also don't want you guys feeling bad for me forever. So I just spent the a while just laying on the couch, just thinking about it. And then I realized I'm just going to have to do this. Like I can't not just not do it. I'm going to have to fight it. So that's what I'm doing from then to today. And you're doing an amazing job too. Thank Bravo. you. Bravo. Hey, so there's, can you tell me a little bit about like your diet? Like there's misconceptions out there, like about eating sugar, like all oh, if you have diabetes, never eat sugar, you know, that kind of stuff. Tell me about that. Well, actually I can eat whatever I want. It just depends on um, if I want to give myself enough insulin, which is the medicine to um, keep my blood sugar stable. Well, it's a little confusing, but um, so, for example, there's some stuff like carrots and celery and cashews and peanuts and stuff like that that don't have any carbs in it, and carbs are the thing that turn into sugar inside your body, and the insulin is how much I need to put in for whatever many carbs there is. So I... Originally, I had to do shots, and I did not like doing shots. For So for the first couple of days, I mainly just ate free foods and like turkey and meat. And, or whenever I got something from a place, I would just take off the bread. Right, and just more protein the, then. Yeah. Just emphasize that. So basically, you did that. So can you share with us how it feels when your sugar is real high and how it feels when it's really low? Because this, again, is something that you probably experience to this day. And, and sometimes it's important for other people to hear what those, what that feels like. Okay, so when I go high, I have a really bad headache, like a really bad one, and my stomach starts to hurt really bad. I get really dizzy, and I can't really see straight. When I'm talking to people sometimes, my when I'm talking, it'll start to get sound a little bit like gibberish like it won't sound like I normally sound like right now it would kind of sound a little funky and sometimes my friends would notice that and they would tell me 
you sound a little funky right now. You high blood sugar. A you're, you're, that was a clue for you. And you're like, oh, I know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Mm-hmm. And then with the lows, it's almost the same thing. But I would say the low is worse because I have all of those things. Plus, I can't really walk very much. My legs really hurt. I feel even more dizzy. It's hard to think. I can't really think, like, especially when I'm in the class. I kind of sometimes just bring my chair to the back table where I have all my snacks for when I go low. And I just sit there and eat the stuff that I need to eat to get my blood sugar back up to the normal spot because I can't really do anything else. How does uh, your athleticism, how does your sports affect it, like uh, playing football? Because you're one heck of a football player. This guy's a quarterback, Pop Warner, <laughs> starter, amazing. And uh, so so how, how does it feel when you're playing f- football? Okay, so I play football normally just like every other kid. But um, sometimes I would need to come out of practice or come out of the game for a couple of minutes to fix my blood sh- bl- low blood sugar or high blood sugar and make sure I'm okay to be able to play because I don't want to go in with a low blood sugar or a high blood sugar because one, I feel horrible. And two, I'll mess up really badly for my team. So that's what I need to do when I go have a low blood sugar or a high blood sugar. Okay. So you told us like when you're in the hospital, you had to give yourself a lot of shots. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience? Yes. So I did a lot of shots, especially in the hospital and at home too. But every time I eat something that has carbs in it, I would have to give myself a shot. So that's why even not not as much now because I have a pump, but um, like even after a month that I had my um, that I was still doing shots, I would mainly if I wanted a snack or something, I would still just do um, a no carb snack or a free right. snack. Try to avoid those shots at all costs, yes. right? Yes. Yeah, because sometimes you're probably taking up to like maybe five to six shots a day. Yes, actually. In the beginning, that's what it would be, you know, Mm -hmm. even more depending on what they eat. But I do have to say regarding his diet, one thing that um, Ryder's really good about and, you know, obviously we work with our our endo, which is um, Dr. Joel Honky. We love him. That practice is, his practice is amazing. Um, We stay in general around 20 to 30 carbs per meal. Okay. Ryder doesn't, and it's very a big treat if he's going to have, you know, a chocolate shake or something right. that is above 40 carbs right. or something because it never plays out well. Diabetes does not play nice. You think you've got it under control and everything's fine. It doesn't. Also, diabetes, not only does it affect, you know, when you're eating, but when he has anxiety or he's feeling one way or the other or sad or happy or nervous or I mean, he can shoot up fast. He can shoot down fast. It You think you got it and then poof. Right. It's horrible. I mean, it scares the daylights out of you. We've had nights where he's been 45 double arrow down. Wow. Feed, I mean, we're sticking. He doesn't even remember. We're giving him juice after juice. Yeah. Shoving Glucose, things. trying to get that yes, sugar back I up. Mean, it's it's not an easy, as all of these moms know, when you have a kid that is going going through this, it's just not an easy thing to live with. 
Another example is um, when I was at school, actually about a week ago, I had to do a poem in front of the whole entire class. And I was actually really excited to do it because I studied and I was ready and stuff. But right when I stepped up there, I didn't feel very well. I was, I realized I was starting to go low and I looked at my CGM and I, I saw that I was going low. So I went to the teacher really fast and I told her, can somebody go in front of me? Cause I need to take a break before I go up there and present. So that's another example of taking breaks when you're doing something. So, you know, what Ryder's talking about is CGM, and that's a continuous glucose monitoring device. In the old days, when we first diagnosed diabetes, before you were born, Ryder, <laughs> dating myself, you know, it was a shot, shot, shots. It was like, you know, short-acting insulin, long-acting insulin. It, there was days where there wasn't even Basler insulin out there, you know, and people were, you know, five, six, seven times a day, they, their fingers, they were checking their glucose like, you know, 12 times a day, that kind of thing, just kind of like get through. And then we had the invention of the insulin pump. And the insulin pump is an amazing, amazing tool. And so I'd really like, Taryn, can you tell us about your adventure, about the pump that you guys have, the yeah. glucose monitoring mm -hmm. and what it's done? Very you? interesting because um, very quickly, I wanted Ryder to choose him for himself. He's, as you can tell, very intellectual, smart kid. And I said, you know what, buddy? I'm not wearing this. It's not me. This is you. So at eight years old, I took him to three different appointments to check out these pumps. And I let him decide. And, you know, there are pumps that have a tube and pumps that don't. And they're, they have different systems. And he chose the Omnipod, which is tubeless. It's wireless. He can leave his personal management diabetes EDM. Yes. Personal diabetes management system. He can leave that in the classroom and walk away. So he doesn't have to, like some pumps you have to clip onto you and they're always on your hip or in your bra for women, wherever they're holding them. So that's kind of a nice system for writer. He chose that. We went that route. It has been amazing and life-changing. He still checks his blood sugar at least about four times a day, I would say he pricks his finger and checks because you have to calibrate and do different things. But when the thing goes down, as it did yesterday, which shocked me on National <laughs> Diabetes Awareness Day, his pump after three years stopped working. Oh, no. <laughs> Talk about heart attack. I tried to not panic because I haven't done this for three years. Right. I haven't done the calculations. Right. I haven't had to give him a shot, nor would he let me anyway, because I'm terrible at it. I mean, I'm like the no, worst. Not. Yes, you're I am. You're doing great. Right, right. Right. I'm the worst shot giver yes. in the world. So you'd rather give yourself a shot? Yes. Than actually, her? a quick story okay. about that. Yeah. When I, when I came home. <laughs> right um, on, Ryder. Yeah. <laughs> when I came home from the um, hospital, um, I had to give my do shots for everything that I ate that had carbs in it. And I was scared to do it. I didn't want to do it. So I had mom do it. But um, <laughs> every, did your dad ever do it? I got I got to know. No, did your dad ever no, do it? No, no. He tried what maybe once or yeah. twice, but no. he threw no. in the towel. Yeah, um, he just wanted to go take some photos, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. But it was funny because every time mom did it, it would always hurt so bad. It would be like Jeez, I was like stabbing it like with a knife. Like I didn't get it. You just slide it in, but I'd be like, 
You know, I really did. So that, like, book that, so that book they gave you at the hospital didn't cover it, right? Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody told me it just slides right in. It's a, just a nice, fine needle. Yes. Didn't know. And then one time I, I just decided, he this said, is That's too painful. It. I'm, I'm going to see if I can yeah. try it myself. And so never I tried again. it. I didn't even feel it. Yeah, it felt like a bug again. bite. Like, I didn't even so then we, you know, with this Omnipod, it's just an amazing system. I mean, you can't get any better. We're so grateful that we have these, this new technology. I mean, he can walk away. He can leave it in his bag and play football. He has a pod on his body that he changes every three days. You fill it with insulin, about 100 units. He uses it up. It alerts you when it's going low, when it's time to change, you change it and you keep going. So that's the way that works, which is a blessing. It's a, you know, I'm sure it's a And what's the size of that? It's about maybe two to three inches wide by two inches. Yeah, it's it a is, little thick. It is one of the bigger ones. Yeah. Um, when I had to choose, I didn't really want the ones with the tube. And I did see that the Omnipod was much larger, but... I decided. Nice to be able to walk away from something. Exactly. And so that has worked well. And then about um, after we got that going, about six months later, we incorporated the CGM, which is the continuous glucose monitor. Life changing. I mean, it gives you it's a transmitter with a sensor. You put it on. It stays on for uh, two weeks or over. The transmitter lasts for three months. So. That connects to Ryder's iPhone. So he does have to have his iPhone at all times. So it, he has his iPhone. His dad and I are sharers. So we see on, we have an app. So we're sharers of him. So we see his numbers constantly. Mm-hmm. And the best thing about it is it gives us a direction. So say Ryder's number should be 120. And it says he's 181 going arrow up. Okay, Okay. then we know he's climbing and he's going to go high. We know he needs to check and correct. So that's our term in our house. Oh, buddy, hey, got check and correct. Come on, what you doing? You know, let's get you back down before we get too high. Or like in the night, it alerts me. I let him sleep through it. Double arrow down. We're headed down. He needs sugar. Now get to it, you know, jump on it. So that, I mean, I'm attached (laughs) to it. I've never been without it in the last almost three years, mm-hmm. but it is life-saving and life-changing because um, he can be a little more free right. and he doesn't necessarily have to poke himself all the time. We calibrate and we we just stay on top of it and we just try to control his A1C with that, with that help. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, it's just amazing. It's huge. And then Medtronics just came out with a new one that's going to be like a smart one that basically you don't even have to do it. It'll actually do it itself. I itself. have heard. I mean. It's called like we... the mini, mini me or yes. something like that. And it's really small. Yes. And so it's exciting that we're getting to that next level. But right. still, hopefully with that, there's still a backup plan in case it doesn't work. Right. So there's there's really cool things coming out, you know, to be able to help people like Ryder be more independent. Yes. You know, yes. Um, and so that's, that's the good news. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, what we're looking for is a cure, right? Yeah. So of course. where are we going with research? There's all sorts of stuff happening. Yeah. So so you you are the experts. Here. Oh my gosh. You know more than me. 
Right. I've been I I've know. been studying up a little bit, I but I'm me. trying. Honestly, I I don't want to misspeak because I have learned some things, but I would hate to say the wrong thing, and right. then my T1D1 moms would say, "Hey there, Darren." Well, real cursory, but, cursory. You know, I mean, there is an artificial pancreas out there. I just heard of somebody, some man that has been wearing it for a year now and hasn't had to check his blood sugar. Mm-hmm. So there are things on the horizon. It's going to happen. Right. You know, and the bottom line is raising money and raising awareness and getting ourselves there to that point where all of these kids, even adults that are getting diagnosed with type one, you know, at a late stage. Right. So it's really interesting. What we've talked about with Ryder and Taryn so far is type one diabetes need to have insulin. If we don't have insulin, it's not going to work out or farewell for anybody. We have type 2 diabetes. There's a lot of misconceptions about type 1. There's a lot of misconceptions about type 2. Mm-hmm. 95% of the people out there have type 2 diabetes. Right. Is that correct? That, as yeah. far as I know. Yeah. Yes. And at 5% with type 1. Mm-hmm. Share your knowledge about type 2. And because sometimes it's really confusing. People will say, people say, well, am I type 1 or type 2? Well, I tell them, I go, well, you're an adult. Yeah. And basically... <laughs> You know, you're obese, you have mm-hmm. a family history, you have risk factors, you're a type two, and mm-hmm. you're able to, you know, control it with diet, exercise, and oral medication. Right. Right. But we have a lot of type two diabetics that cannot control and they end up being insulin dependent as well. Okay. So, so let's talk about a little bit about the misconceptions out there. Yeah. Well, in my mind, if you're type one, you know you're type one. Right. I mean, because you can't live without insulin. Right. You have to stay on top of it every day, 24 seven. That's right. all there is to it. If you're type two, you know, you can hold back and not have to take a long lasting or lasting or a fast acting insulin. You know, you can hold back on the carbs and work out more and do all that. But type one, that is just not the case. It's completely insulin dependent. Right. And so what's interesting in this country is that, you know, we're spending a lot of money on research. We're we're trying to come up with, you know, um, cures for all this. But what gets me with type 2 diabetes is that we have so many people out there with it. And a lot of people don't even realize they have it. Right. And then a lot of people are just in denial. They don't even want to deal with it. They don't want to hear the word diabetes. It's mm-hmm. almost like it's it's just one of those words. Like, yes. You can't say I'm diabetic. It is a it's scary really word. Yes. You know, doing my biometrics, <laughs> I've uh, picked up on about six, you know, type twos in the last couple of weeks. And I have people coming in, they go, I just don't want to know. I just don't want to know. My sugar's are oh. up. I don't want an A1C. I don't want to know. It's mm. so sad that people feel that way. Mm-hmm. You know, diabetes is, is one of those things that happens. Mm-hmm. Something happened to that pancreas where it just isn't functioning anymore. Right. And, but with type two, many people can avoid at least try Slow. to not slowly the onset yes. at an older age by just taking care of themselves. Yes. And so, you know, I really admire all the people I've met through the years with type one, because you're right, writer, it is a challenge. Mm-hmm. And I am so you know stoked for you because what you did was you took this diagnosis and you, you were on the couch and you said, you know what, we're going to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And we're going to, we're going to make changes here. Mm-hmm. So I want to hear from you, Ryder, like, 
what's this like on your Facebook page like the last couple of weeks? This guy's in a suit. He's up in Scottsdale. He's he's, he's with his mom. Yeah. He is looking good. So I want to hear about that. And then I, then I see these pictures on Facebook of this guy at school yeah. with like all these kids around him. Tell yes. me, Ryder, tell me all about what you're up to with, with being an ambassador here yeah. and what all these kids in Arizona are doing. What are you guys doing? Tell me about it. <laughs> yes. So um, I am a youth ambassador for JDRF. Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. And um, just recently, I actually went to a gala with my mom. And I had to, my first time actually wearing a suit. And I felt good. <laughs> you did look really good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and that was fun. Um, JDRF raised a lot of money there. And then at my school, um, since the last year, Recently, I have done um, a fundraiser at my school for JDRF, and um, what I've been doing is I walk around to every class. There's about 900 kids in my school and about maybe 15 to 20 kids in every class, and um, I walked around to every class and just basically give them a quick um, synopsis of my story and tell them what type 1 diabetes it is, and then... Um, we asked everybody to wear blue on November 14th because blue is JDRF's color. Um, like breast cancer is pink. Um, eye cancer is gold. Type 1 diabetes is blue. So we asked everybody to wear their blue polos to school because it. we still have the uniforms. And um, we actually had a really great turnout. There was at least 98% of the kids there wore blue. Right and we, on. we all... Um, went out onto the basketball court and we all like kind of smushed together and got in <laughs> and we took a big picture. My dad was up on the roof of the school, of the school, sorry. And he took a picture of all of us and it looks really cool. And then we also got them, a lot of people to bring in donations, money, $1 to $50, whatever you want to bring in. And we had a good turnout with that too. Last year, we had about $800. This year, we got over $900. Right on. So a little bit more. And um, what we do is there's little shoes, the JDRF logo. It's for shoes walking. What we do is when you bring in a donation, we give you a shoe and you write your name on the bottom of the shoe. And then what we did is we put um, tape on the back of it and stuck it on the wall. And now there's a wall right when you walk into the school to your right. There's a huge wall just covered with those colorful shoes, and it's really cool. And it says, thank you for donating, and it's just awesome. It's fun for the kids to find their name on the shoe, yes. you know, because it's a kinder through sixth grade, you know, elementary school. So, um, but this amount of support is overwhelming for us. Definitely. I mean, so humbling that everybody supported Ryder in that I mean, he is the only type one at his school right now. I know other schools, you know, have three to 10 or more, who knows, but he is it. So um, we like to raise awareness and let them know. And everybody knows him there. He's been there since kinder. He's very well known and well liked. And they're very supportive no doubt. of that. Yeah. <laughs> so That's great. And And so can you tell me a little bit more about on the state level, what you guys are doing in Arizona, what a little bit more about what that charity benefit was about on, on, on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And also like how many kids are involved in this on a state okay. level and mm -hmm. 
the amount of money you guys are raising? <clears throat> so uh, we got involved with JDRF fairly soon after, well, it took me a little while when he was diagnosed. In fact, it's very funny because Peggy Davis, <laughs> I'm going to put a shout out. She Hi, Peggy. <laughs> ran into, I ran into her at a we Target. You're listening. And quite honestly, I cried for four months straight, every single day. Wow. So all day long, tried not to in front of him, but I, I literally did. So I, it was really hard to pull me out of that funk. It took a while. So that was September. We're getting to like, you know, December, January. And then um, JDRF does the one walk every year. It's in April. And that's a big fundraiser for them too. And I ran into her at a Target and we had already had a few little um, we, we knew each other through other, through somebody else, a connection. And I honestly, I was trying to hide from her. I didn't want to talk because I knew what she was going to say, you know, get, uh, get your butt on it, the walk, let's go, Taryn, you can do this and throw a team together and raise money. So that's what she did. She did for her. <laughs> honestly, no, I owe it great. all to her because yeah. then I got my foot in the door with JDRF. Right. I, we did the walk that year, which was amazing. Raised money, did everything. And then I got heavily involved. And then Ryder got heavily involved. So I became a mentor with the um, process with JDRF. Now I'm the lead mentor. It's a new T1D connections program that we're doing for mentees that get diagnosed and want to be contacted. Mm -hmm. And so we reach out to those families. Ryder became a youth ambassador. And, you know, in his duties, you know, um, whatever comes up throughout the year, but their biggest thing, what he attended, what he and I volunteered at this past Saturday was the gala. And at the gala, they, I mean, I don't want to misquote on the amount of money that they've raised, but it's a huge amount and they have an auction and they put on an amazing dinner and show sort of, and they're doing this crazy auction while you're there. So Ryder got to go up on the stage and show off this guitar and run around and grabbing paddle bids from people and, you know, doing his thing, which is right up his alley. So JD, and then towards the end, they do, it's called Fundicure. So the Fundicure money, all of that, goes straight to research. So that is huge. Um, the Friedman family, I want to say, was honored that night. And I mean, I think that they donated maybe $50,000 and somebody else. Oh, that's great. Yeah, the money was just rolling in. So Fundicure is huge. Um, so that's our kind of position with JDRF. And we love, I try to just go down there and volunteer when I can. I take the kids in the summer when they're off and we just do whatever projects need to be done. We will do the walk. Every year, no matter what, we'd love anybody to join us. Um, our it's really writer, team writer is your name on there. Yes, right? count me in writer. Yeah, <laughs> I'm all excited. I want one of those t-shirts yeah. too. Oh yeah, you have to go year. with us, Barb. Yeah, you better. Uh, yeah, oh, and I think there's some other people around here oh, that are going to join yes, us too. Please, we had an amazing turnout this last year. I mean, I'm not going to get too heavy. I'll start crying, but the turnout that um, our right. family that's great showed up. I mean, it was unbelievable. I even got my whole um, entire flag football team to come to the walk. Really? It was really cool. And actually, that same day, I had a game afterwards. Mm -hmm. And um, most of them, 90% of them came. 
but then we all wore the Team Rider shirts uh, to, on, on our game, game that day. Mm-hmm. So that now, was, that you was know, cool. I just have to ask the question. Did you win? <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, writer, writer, you're, a, you're a winner. Uh, you're a winner. I just had to ask that. I always ask that. Well, did you win? You know, know. People, people come in and see me in the office, you know, and they come in with yeah. these injuries, you know. <laughs> hey, this is a big injury, man. I hurt my hand. And I go, just let me know that you, you won. Yes. Did you win? Did you take the hit for the team? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Oh, man. What a fun <sighs> time this yeah. has been getting to know you guys, writer, and getting to meet you for the first time. And I adore you. Your mom and your dad. I miss them as patients. I miss them. Um, but, you know, we're we friends. Miss you. And we're going to make this happen and yes. get together and support each other. So tell me, how can we learn more about diabetes? What can we do as a community to, to, to jump in and help and help you out? And- well, I would just say if you're in the know, you know, you want to help out with JDRF. I mean, it's basically going to that website, JDRF, Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, getting involved, donating at any time. Oh my gosh. I mean, they're always taking donations, but especially if you know somebody um, as far as the walk and somebody asks you to be on their team or just to donate towards their team, that's where all the money goes to research and helping these kids and adults out. So that would be huge. Ryder has his own um youth ambassador page. It's just Ryder Lauer, JDRF ambassador. So we kind of post, try to post things about him there. We're just grateful that we have this in this community. I didn't grow up here, so I didn't, you know, know a lot of people Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's, you want to get involved with other people. And I'm on, I'm on a Facebook group, um, Phoenix mom's type one diabetes, something like that. So those kind of things just really help me out mm-hmm. with um, other, you know, voices and Mom's going advice. through similar things yeah. and just uh, yeah, supporting just, you with that. Exactly. Yeah, and don't yeah. hesitate to, you know, reach out to my page and post any, any of that on okay. my page at any Thank time. You. And I'm looking forward to actually putting a bunch of those cool, you told such great stories, writer. And so uh, those photos, because you sent me some photos, so I'm going to mm-hmm. throw those all over my page. And, oh, uh, good. You know. Awesome. Maybe yeah. your mom will let you like and follow my page. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I have to earn it. Of course. It, oh, stop. Anyway, what can, I, what can I say? It has been so yes. fun to chat with you guys. Ryder, is there anything else you want to say right now while you are live on radio? Best of health. What do you want to say? What, what do you, what's your future? Do, have you picked out a college yet? Uh-uh. No, I haven't. That is okay. <laughs> Where would you want to go? Um... <laughs> Okay, one question then, and I promise we'll wrap this up, but <laughs> ASU or U of A? U of A. U of A. Oh, oh no. Oh, oh. Here we go. We're well, out the door. I guess we've just <laughs> run out of time. Yeah. So whether you are a healthcare provider, patient, or family member, it's about empowering, engaging, and advocacy. Here's to your best of health. Just ask the PA. Together, let's make the world a better place. Please share, like, and follow my Facebook page as the PA. Until next time, take care.